Hi, and thanks for listening to another edition of Chronic Conversations. This is your host, Jerry Anderson, a.k.a. Jerry Leonard. This is my co-host and beautiful wife, Jen. Say hello. What's up? And today we have on the show all the way from Tucson, Arizona, Big Mama Trauma. Thanks for being on the show, Big Mama. Absolutely, Papa. Now, should, should I just call you Big Mama or Miss Trauma or T or BM or BMT or... You call me whatever feels natural. Uh, I'll just call you Big Mama then. I like that. So, um, I was reading up a little bit on you, and one of the things I noticed is that you went from little mama trauma to big mama trauma. So, take a minute, tell everybody who you are and how that transition happened and what the differences are. Most definitely. So, I always refer to little mama trauma as before trauma became a thing. So, little mama trauma would be Randy. Okay. Um, because trauma is relatively, she's a baby. She's only three years old. Um, it's funny. I've, I've only been doing this for a couple years now. And so oh, wow. anything that is little mama trauma will always be referred to as Randy. And okay. then big mama trauma. It always started out as just trauma. Somebody it was just one. I can't even remember who called me big mama trauma the first time, but I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. It stuck. And it stayed because it fit so well. You felt the vibe like it just, it just, it was right. It like flowed through my body. I was like, oh shit, like this is how. <laughs> this is it. This, this is, is how it. it worked. It was how it was supposed to be. That is great. Um, Papa, can I cuss? You can cuss. Uh, you can say anything you want. We're an explicit show. We're for grown ups. All right, good. <laughs> Smoke, drink, cuss. You do whatever you feel like you need to do. Cry, laugh, just, just be you. We'll um, do all of it. And, and so now you're big mama trauma, and hearing that you've only done this a co- couple years is really surprising to me because I've been listening to some of your stuff, and you sound really mature in your um, your flow and, and the and the way you go over beats and stuff. Like you hit those pockets really, really well. Thank you. I work really, really hard. I I've spent the last three years. I mean. Before the corona, I was doing shows like two, three times a week. And just, uh, I've been a little hip-hop head since I was a baby, since I was like three, four years old. And and rapping other people's songs was like a hidden talent of mine. Mm -hmm. So that really played to my benefit when I started rapping myself, because I had it down. I had the the delivery down. Yeah. Yeah, you can... I still feel like I'm trying to find my voice, so for you to say that, that's world so thank you well well i hear it there's difference i can i can i can hear your influence like i hear a little of the 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 90s style hip-hop influence in you but but i also hear your own voice i think it really comes across well thank you you're welcome totally. so catch us up uh we were going to do this podcast before but we couldn't do that catch us up on what's been going on since then yeah definitely i remember i was just telling my wife that that you had hit me up while I was going through my preventative chemo treatment. So I think it was Halloween night. I ended up back in the hospital for some stomach pain. Um, You know, they did a bunch of scans and found uh, another small little mass on my adrenals and a giant cyst on my ovaries. Uh Uh, Rewind back to 2015, (laughs) I had... It was ovarian cancer. I had a cyst that had metastasized into a giant tumor. Oh, um, wow. I, I 
did about 12 weeks of chemo and had it surgically <coughs> removed. Two years after that, I had uh, lymphocytic leukemia, and so the cancer came back into my blood and it was attacking right. my lymph nodes. I did another nine weeks of chemo and then was in remission. I was supposed to get preventative chemo after like 18 months, but I was feeling so good and I was like, shit, why am I going uh, to go poison myself if right. I'm in remission? Fucked up because then the little masses started growing back and shit. So I was going through, it was only four weeks this time. It was two weeks of double doses, thank God. But uh, I was going through it, man. That shit poisons me so hard. Right. It makes you so sick. I can't function. How, how are you feeling on the other side of it? Have you been feeling better? Or? Let me tell you how, <laughs> what I think cured me. My dispensary down here, when they found out that I was going through chemo, gifted me these shatter caps, a 30-day supply that had like 200 milligrams THC, 200 milligrams CBD, wow. and I took them four times a day. So like, And I was heavily sedated. Right. But I wholeheartedly think that it carried me through that chemo because I got over it super quick, and now I feel better than ever. Nice. You need one of those shirts. Yeah, you, you need one of those. It's absolutely nice. crazy. My wife is admiring your shirt right now. Um, for the listeners, she's got Thanks, on. Thanks, Mama. Like yeah. that. Uh, so I, I'll, that's a question for later, but we'll go ahead and cover it now. It looks like you have merchandise. Is there a place if people listen to you and like you and want to buy your merch that they can go to? Where, where do they find you online? You know, it's funny. It, well, it's not funny, but we make all of our merch ourselves. My wife makes all of my oh, merchandise. So that's great. It's all made with love. So if you want to get a hold of it, it's all custom, and you just got to message me directly with your size and your address and your favorite colors, and we'll make you some dumb shit. That's awesome. Well, Valentine's Day coming up. Maybe we can put that on the Valentine's yes, Day yes. list. Um, also, yeah. since you've been back, uh, I, I noticed a little something you talking about. <coughs> we'll just call it a seven-week challenge going on. You want to tell people what that is and, and uh, what you've been doing? My goodness, yes. So... <laughs> I needed a boost of help with, I just got a treadmill. And what I learned about the treadmill is that it's easy to just hit the stop button and just quit. <laughs> as opposed to if you're going to go take a walk outside, you got to walk your ass back. Right. right. So I made a post and I told people, I'm like, however many likes I get, that's how many days in a row I'm going to do this damn treadmill. Mm -hmm. I ended up getting shit like whatever what seven times seven 49 yeah and some change because i'm adding extra days um to where i literally I, every day when i wake up that's the first thing i do is i hit that treadmill and i'm at i'm on day nine today and i got to a point where i was like i was a little grumpy about it i was like sons <laughs> of bitches but i need that push like right. everybody's holding me accountable right now and i love it yeah, that's yeah, that's a great feeling. It helps. It, it, it's a pain in the ass to have friends like that, but you, you couldn't trade it in for the world because those are the ones that, that that keep you healthy, happy, and moving in the right direction. One hundred percent, and that's what it's about. Like I, for the first time in my life, am 
loving and enjoying this life. And so I want to do whatever I can to prolong that and live a healthier life. That is great to hear. I'm very, very happy to hear that. Well, congratulations on making it this far. And I have no doubt you're going to make it that much further and, and onward. I have all the faith in the Amen. world in you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, you go by the okayest gayest rapper in Tucson. I, I only, yes, I, I, do. I only have a problem with part of that. And that's the okayest. And that's the okayest, because you yeah. are much better than okayest. Uh, uh, you may be the gayest, but you're definitely better than okay. So we're gonna have to find something else that rhymes with that, and go with it, because you're much better than <laughs> than okay. But that's kind of. One of the things I talked to, I had a lady on here, a female comedian named Bridget Martin. One of the things I like to talk about is, because I know a woman has to work twice as hard to get to where she wants to be versus a man. Has being a woman held you back in hip-hop? Has it helped you? Um, um, same thing for being gay. Has it has it helped you, held you back? Has it just been non-relevant? What, what has it been been like as far as your rap career? Personally? And I think this speaks to just my energy and uh -huh. my comedy. I bring a lot of comedy with me onto the stage, too. And, like, I don't know. It's what I've learned is, yes, females do have to work harder. Mm -hmm. But when you're good and you stand out, it's, like, it's been relatively very easy for me because I have so many different oddball factors yeah that it's like shit she's white she's big she's gay she's you know like uh female yeah she is a she and she's rapping and so and she's amazing alone, people hear that they're like holy shit and then to hear that it's actually good they're like fucking mind is blown yeah yeah I, you know and that's the reason i like to ask that question because sometimes it's actually a gift instead of a detriment like for example with Eminem, you know, him him being white may have hurt him in some areas and held him back, but it also helped kind of propel him once he got to a place where he could be propelled. 100%. I, it's funny because I have mixed feelings on it. It's like, just like with, the, with me being white, I look at it as like I'm going to stand out no matter what in hip-hop culture right. for being white. Right. And overly scrutinized and like you know people pay attention when you're white and when you're female when you're gay so it's it's a trick to say the least but i don't think that it's it might hold me back especially because i'm not an overly sexualized female rapper uh -huh. i dabble i i dabble in the in the big mama trauma and like and and recognizing my femininity because i'm very right. uh masculine as well uh-huh but you have uh, a good yin and yang it seems like those are the ones who get the most attention are the tits and ass rappers right but there's and, and i get that to a point but this is me personally talking there's a lot of times not as much depth there and, and Facts. i i need to connect <clears throat> with music i need to vibe with it i need to feel it it needs to be more than than surface stuff, you know, I, I processed, I can't, you know, I love processed food, processed music, I just can't deal with, you know, it's got to be real, it's got to be authentic. I love that, 
and and I love music. processed foods, but I don't love processed music. That's a fact. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I think what'll really help you is you, you're just naturally charismatic. I can see that in your videos. I've watched a few of your videos, and your personality really comes across. So even if they have the sound turned down, they're going to see that and they're going to like that person. And then once they hear you, on top of that, it's just going to be like, like you said, mind blown. Like, oh, okay, this is this isn't just some weekend thing that she's trying to you know have fun because she had a a, a, a few. <laughs> On the weekend, like this, she knows what the fuck she's doing. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I just like, I, you know, in my game and podcast, and I'm just kind of starting out, <clears throat> and I really want to surround myself with people that, that I, I want this show to be as real, as authentic as the people I talk to. That's why I tell people, I've had people tell me off camera, I was going to ask you this or that, but I was afraid to on the show. And like I kind of told you before, you're free to ask any questions you want because I want to keep it as real and authentic as the list, the music I listen to. Because again, I want them to get the same experience of learning something or, or something coming across, a lesson or, you know, not to sound too old man and daddish, but yeah. you, you know what I'm saying. Life lessons that we talk to on the couch that we learn about on the couch. Yeah. I love it. Yes, yes. So, so to totally jump subjects, uh, we're both enjoying our stuff. First of all, congratulations again, Arizona, on becoming a recreational legal state. Uh, uh, second, uh, so what kind of things are you smoking on? What, what's your favorite way to smoke, and what's your favorite strains uh, for medicinal purposes or? I'm a total medicinal user. I've had my medical card for a couple years, and I, man, I treat it as medicine. So right now I'm smoking on a heavy indigo called Darth Vader, okay. and it's fucking delicious. Um, no, I, I like to, I'm funny, dude. I like to smoke like a sativa in the mornings or when I'm creating in the studio. Same. Or... And then I, when I want to relax and unwind, I like me that heavy indigo to keep me on the couch or like a pain reliever. Because um, yes. I use it to medicate also. Mm -hmm. I think that medical marijuana has kept me off of pain pills and opiates forever. So when I, in edibles yeah. and those shatter caps, like I was saying, like I yeah. love me some edibles. That's a totally different high that I've, I could never get with other drugs. Is there is there any any um like who's I, I don't want to say most special who's maybe somebody up there that you've smoked with that you really enjoyed the session is there anybody that it shocked you or or that is there any stories behind it or gifted yeah there is like one of my favorite rappers in life who I'm just like a total fangirl since the minute I heard about them and I ended up. Uh, actually became really good friends with now it's fucking wild and gifted gab we smoked probably seven blunts in this wow. weird little hotel in koreatown la and that was a great time <laughs> we made it that brand new wind song with her too it was a grand old time oh wow i bet it was um when i get out there we'll have to have a smoke session together we'll get the uh tony and 
Yes. And, and how did you speaking? Of, I haven't seen Tony in many, many moves. I, I haven't either. Uh, so, so we're in the same boat. We need to get him to come visit me and you sometime, don't we? Hell yeah. <laughs> so how do they know each other? Absolutely. Uh, my wife was wondering, how, how did you and Tony meet? How do y'all know each other? Tony was my very first job when I moved back down to Tucson when I got out of prison. I was working at Oregano's as a dishwasher because oh. that's like the only position anybody would ever fucking hire me as as a dishwasher. And when he got hired, I ended up being his trainer. And Tony, and you know how I knew he wasn't from Arizona was because he was the sweetest, (laughs) most well-mannered, yes ma'am, no ma'am. And I was like, stop fucking calling me ma'am, boy. (laughs) He was just, I called him my little Georgia Peach because he was the most precious thing I have ever met in my life. Yeah, I was uh, talking I to him. somebody the other day, and I said, yes, sir. He says, why are you calling me sir? I said, oh, I said, don't take offense. I said, I was just raised in the South by a single mama, and if I don't say sir, she's going to come down here and whoop my ass all the way from Tucson, so. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, he's something else, all the stuff he does. I'm very proud of him because during that time, he was uh, going to school full-time, just about working there full-time, and then still made sure he, he had time wild. for family and he friends. and he he. He he's a grinder for sure. I'm I'm definitely proud of him. I'm, I'm and I'm proud Still that is. yeah that he made friends with you and and, and uh, they all got together. That I have this opportunity to talk to you right now. I'll love him forever too. You made one hell of a kid. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, music wise, who are you listening to? Who who inspires you? Who who did you listen to growing up? Mm. Growing up, I was. You know, my uncle was a rock star, and my parents were really into rock and roll. Uh-huh. Uh, I listened to a lot of Alice in Chains and Nirvana and Metallica. Uh, hip-hop-wise, I was obsessed with Tupac. Yes. Obsessed with Eminem and, and uh, Mac Miller for a while. Tech Nine. Then I got into... Tech Nine. Um, Woo! Machine Gun Kelly, when I went into prison, I seen Machine Gun Kelly, and, and then I was super obsessed with his lyricism. Like, I'm such a fangirl of his. Then it was like, I went down a rabbit hole of underground hip-hop. I don't, I rarely listen to anything radio-like, and I'm constantly yeah. trying to find super low-key music because those are always the best for some reason it's like damn where have these people been (laughs) right yeah you know those are the people that you know they're they're you know they're living the stuff they're writing about and it's coming from the heart it's not again it's not processed it's not a you know performance of of something they're trying to emulate it's 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 the life they live like you know your music it's it's it it comes through uh, a lot more and i'm the same way and i still Question. You have a question? Well, go I do ahead, have baby. a question. If you don't mind me asking, ma'am, what did you... No, of course. Thanks. What did you go to prison for, and how long were you there, and how did that change you as far as your music? Oh, man. You know, so I was 19. I went to prison for, essentially, if we wrap it all around, a heroin. Um... 
I was on probation for a robbery because I was sick from heroin and mm-hmm. I ended up getting my house raided because I kept, I was running down between cities. I lived in a very small town in Prescott Valley, Arizona and, um, doing drugs with my mama, <laughs> <laughs> which is a shitty, shitty situation. You know, like I, I, my parents were addicts and dealers from the time I was born and I like idolized that growing up if you were to ask me when I was seven what I wanted to be when I grew up I wanted to be fucking Pablo Escobar right right so and uh so by the time I was 19 I was like really really bad into the shit and my mom my grandma died left two junkies a hundred thousand dollars and me and my mom blew that shit in like four months and having that much money and that much access while on probation it was it took like nine months before they came and got my ass finally and um i was sentenced to two and a half years i ended up doing like just under two okay and it changed everything because i did what I did um, what they call hard time because Mm -hmm. the whole time I was in prison, I didn't have any visits. I didn't have any phone calls. Nobody Mm -hmm. put money on my books. So I was like slaving away for 15 cents an hour, making $8 every two weeks in prison Mm -hmm. and like no communication to the outside world. So I was fucking tripping. And like I was acting a fool in prison, trying to get more time, became super institutionalized. Um, to stay there because I didn't have anywhere to go when I got out like my mom had my mom at the time was like living in the tents with occupied Tucson downtown and shit (laughs) um so I I had no fucking idea I was riding halfway houses to Prescott Valley right Uh and get this the one halfway house that wrote me back just so happens that my mom is living there and he uh, he turned like his whole house into taking care of like my family. Oh wow! At the time, it was the weirdest shit I had ever experienced in my life. Uh, super meant to be, but I knew getting out that I couldn't stay around my mom, even though my mom had gotten sober at the time. Right. It was such a it was such a PTSD and trigger. My mom is the my mom is SMI also. She's got uh, she's severely mentally ill. Mm-hmm. So just being around her was a, like an itch and a trigger. So I got a job as a dishwasher up in Prescott Valley. <laughs> yeah. As quickly as I could, saved up a bunch of money because I met my wife in prison. Uh huh. She wanted nothing to do with me either because I was just a little ratchet thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she was like, if if you want to be with me you'll wait till we get out so we did that we did the smart thing yeah and uh worked out a lot better out of there so quick yep i got my ass out of there moved back down to tucson so quick and uh luckily thank god have been clean from heroin since congratulations we're going on 10 years this september you guys Congratulations. congratulations thank you i had some crazy uh old gangster lady tell me because in prison i was still fucking around and like taking other people's pills and shit trying to get high right and when this og caught me doing that shit she was like 
if you can't stay sober in here, what makes you think you're going to stay sober out there? And for some reason, that like Quick. spoke volumes to me, mm-hmm. and I stayed my ass sober. I was like, damn, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to. Well, I'm so. Oh, they and how can I forget this? They found a fucking blood clot in my heart and my, because uh, I was a, I shot up at, when for like three years, <coughs> and I had a ninety percent blocked pulmonary artery that oh, ruptured wow. while I was in prison, and that put the fear into me though that like I just had a feeling that I'd be that statistic if I ever got high that one last time I'll yeah. fucking die. Yeah. I and and that's instilled into my brain and I thank Buddha for that every day because yes. um, I think that's what keeps me from relapsing. Awesome. That and the good old marijuana. Yes. Yeah, that is an it's it's amazing thing. It's it's kept me off uh, a cocktail of drugs for my various mental illnesses as well and it's you know, basically I'm down to two. I'm down to THC and C B D. That's that's pretty much all I take for yeah for for anything no more yeah, yeah. some some of the stuff uh, that I had to take before was like it, I already have kind of low blood pressure as it is and it would lower my blood pressure uh, some stuff I took for nightmares and night terrors and then basically half the drugs I took were to to quell the side effects of the other drugs I, I took and and. After yeah. a very short time of that shit, I was like, I just can't do this. There's got to be a better way. And went to marijuana totally, and, and it, you know, not been the same since. It's, it's changed changed my life. It changed your life. It's, a, it's an amazing thing, and I wish... And I tell people this, too. It's not for everybody. Um, it's a medicine. Like, like Like uh, some people can't take a leaf. Some people can't take aspirin. Some people can't take Benadryl. Um, but for a majority of people... It's it's non-toxic. It's been around 10,000 years. There's never been, you know, unless 2,000 pounds of it falls out of a plane on your head, you're not going to kill you. Yep. So it's really, do you think with the new administration and things, we're headed towards legality in America now? Federally? Yeah, federally, on like a federal level. I think when... um, I think it has the potential... But I think once that happens and then you got to include, uh, you know, just your good old general like Walgreens and government tax that's going to be on that and how controlled and how shitty how that much? weed's probably going to be when it's going to be federal. How regulated. grown marijuana. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, I think we do have the potential to head that direction, though, totally with, man, this circus of a. <laughs> I'm so I mean thank god the orange leader is, is not in office anymore I was not a fan of Trump but um we kind of went from Burger King to really Ronald McDonald though didn't we yeah <laughs> right <laughs> oh my god it's like this is what I get out of three I don't, I don't know I think ever since I became a felon and since I like legally have no no voice to vote it's just like fuck all of them right i think the whole system needs to change it does i mean you got you got one guy doing the best person in the world is still going to be trying to do the best thing for 330 million people like i think we're way past the point of just one dude right right 
right? Like, I feel like, I don't know, maybe we should have a, a, a committee or something. Put one from both sides up there and make it to where if they can't go into a room and come back out like big boys and girls with an agreement that's going to be best for the American people and not just then, you know? <laughs> Say it again. Yeah, like I don't, I don't care how you define yourself, but let's start thinking about the people in, instead of our next election and things like that. One hundred percent. Try to kind such of a, such a shit show. Yeah, it is. It's and it's you know on all levels from city level all the way up to national levels. It, it, it's a it's a crazy crazy world we live in. It's it's kind of surreal. It makes me think. Uh, we're just like a big Sims game, and somebody up there is just having fun with us. Like, watch this shit. Watch who I make president this time. <laughs> watch this episode, guy. Watch this episode of The Simpsons. Watch this. You're not going to believe this shit. What's coming on this next season? I don't... Yeah, they be getting it right. I don't I, I don't know. Um, what, what was the first song you ever wrote, and why did you write it? Do you I remember? I love this question, and it's so relevant right now. Uh, the first song I ever wrote doesn't have a name. I wrote it for an online rap contest for this guy whose name is AKT Action, who mm-hmm. I fucking... I fell in love just because he's so... He runs a label called Only Dreamers and the Odd Squad family. And Odd Squad, yes. He's, he's very... Yeah, he's big in Arizona, and he's just a cool dude. He had this online competition called Eat My Beats, and it was the saddest, like, on my cell phone to where I was actually crying at the end of it. It was it was um, me telling my story in the song mm-hmm. from, like, 16 to 27. Oh, wow. And I it, it did so well that I think I got, like, third place in the highest votes. And I was like, the response I got from it, I was, and how therapeutic it was, I was like, holy shit, this needs to be a thing. And now, you know, it's crazy, <laughs> is that producer, AKT Action, just recently reached out to me, and I've been working with him on something really special. And, and I was telling him, I was like, sir, I was like, you don't understand. I was like, trauma wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for you so the level of fangirl that i've been having lately is just like i'm really out here talking to one of my favorite producers having a remote studio session and like working with him and just conversing with him like it's a a thing and i've been (laughs) fucking tripping out from that i'm like full circle dude i can't believe it yeah, having this podcast, it's been the same thing. I've always liked to run my mouth, um, especially when I'm smoking. And, and to get to do that with people with such fascinating stories, um, especially comeback stories, those are my favorite uh, because they're inspirational because people's comeback stories are, are actually, I guess you could say, another kind of medicine I've had that, that helped me along. And, and now that I've yeah. been through those things, I want to talk to other people you know, now somebody's going to hear this episode and they're going to hear your journey and hear that you pushed through it and, and your story is going to give them courage. And to get to talk to so many fascinating people and hear so many positive stories of comeback and just, you know, people pushing through things, it, it really gives me a lot of hope that I may not have had before. I love that. I, I, sorry, I keep shaking my camera. No, you're good. I love that, um, 
I I totally agree. It's like a it's a medicine for us to keep going and to be inspired in different ways to hear how other people are overcoming their shit show of a life. Right. That we're not the only ones that are living like some wild uh, that overcoming these shitty battles. So yeah, I love what you're doing here, and I'm honored to be here. Oh, I'm honored to have you. I mean, this is this. I, I you know, it, to to some people it may be talking, but to me it's just like the passion. You know, it's 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 it's, it's creativity. That there's an art to conversation. I feel like that's being kind of lost um, as we go along. Uh, uh, I like. I like being able to see your face. I like to see, you know, the expressions in your eyebrows and your eyes and in your face and uh, 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 laughter totally. and smiles. And, you know, I, I like body language. I like to talk to people. And we're losing that here in Masktopia. I hate that shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny side. We're work. We're masked. We're fucking gloved. We're long-sleeved. We're... You think we worked in a nuclear yeah. facility? It's just a restaurant. Just a restaurant. It's just a restaurant. <laughs> Don't pull your mask down. We may get shut down. Like okay. I'm just trying to breathe. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, uh, the one thing though is now women during Mardi Gras don't have to show their boobs. They can just be like, if you want some bees. Which, by the way, Mardi Gras has just been canceled this year. Like, hey, girl. Let me, let me let me let me see what that nose and mouth look like, girl. Uh-huh. What did you say, baby? I said, uh, Mardi Gras has just been canceled this year. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Everything's getting canceled. How has that been the trying to... Been right? How How is it trying to kind of jump off a rap thing in, in, in this climate? For one, you know, there's not really any... It's pretty much do-it-yourself now. Uh, um, almost everybody's independent. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, which is a good thing. Yes. But on the other thing... Um, you know, I get, do you book your own shows or, or do, do you have a booker? Or you just, are you like me and everything's just from home base and it's, and it's me and the wife? Yeah. So because I'm so immune compromised, mm -hmm. I've done one show in the last year. Um, I have, a, I have one show coming up at the end of February, like Rona willing. Um, yeah. And we, we have to do it very COVID safe. Right. The amount of guilt that I feel for some reason that this is my goal, that I'm, I, all of my focus and all of my energy and all of my passion is being poured into making trauma my career path. Right. And I almost feel guilty because the world is in such a shitty, uh, when I say, do you think that the world is ending? Like, sometimes, yes, I do totally think that the world is ending right now. And my biggest dream is to become rich and ratchet. And so sometimes <laughs> I feel a little guilty. But at the same time, it's 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 my driving force. And the COVID is, is kicking my fucking ass. Because right. I, I personally believe that my, my in-person presence and my shows are where I like I be snatching souls. Yeah. I can make you cry at a rap show. I can I I just I'm a crowd mover like right. to my core in person. So crowd's part of the show. To dominate. Yeah, 
it, it sucks and I miss that so much. So now I'm trying to focus on social media, which is mm-hmm. so draining. Yeah. <laughs> it's a social media is a full time job in itself and not and a facade in a way like it's so weird to me. So it's hard in this social media day and age to have to like pour my energy into my fucking phone and making sure I post enough and right. answering everybody when they write me and shit. Like I love it. Don't ever get me wrong. I don't ever want to sound like I'm complaining. Right. But it is it's a work. lot. Yeah. It is. Oh fuck. It's work. It's a job. It, yeah. It's like no wonder that big celebrities have people that are paid to run their social medias and shit. Cause it's a lot. I was talking to Tony, and I, I said, I haven't seen you on Facebook in a while. And he's like, no, I'm just on Twitter now. And I'm like, shit, I don't have a Twitter account. And that's one of the things I thought about starting this yep. podcast. It's our, As being a professional wrestler for so, so long, I already had <laughs> double the social media. Now I'm starting a podcast, and I'm going to have triple the social media that I got to post on and keep relevant and 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 in, in these days and times it's 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 crazy um speaking of that it's a lot and staying relevant i understand there there's a documentary in the works do you want to tell people about that i've always been saying for the longest time like i can't wait till somebody makes a movie about me i can't wait till somebody writes a movie about me and then i was just like man I got all the time in the fucking world right now. Right. Like, why not get started? And I've got, I make all my own little video editing, little movie clips and shit. I'm like, why not? I might as well just get to yeah. working on it right now. And, and I was talking to another interviewer in town and he was like, oh, he's already been working on it. And I had no idea, but he has a shit ton of footage. And That's I was like, why not? I don't know exactly which direction I'm going to go with it, right. but I want it to be um, inspiring, to say the least. Oh, I think it will be. I have a lot of confidence. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Dope. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I can't wait till it's ready and, and I get to watch it. Yeah. I just didn't... Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um so you said somebody was shooting footage for that, for the documentary. Uh, is there any, maybe a new album in the works or anything right now? You got some new music you're working on? Constantly. Constantly, good. I'm constantly, constantly working on something. I I think this year I'm going to go more on the, I'm going to release singles. Okay. If an album like slaps itself together, I might do a project, but, um, yeah, I'm just working on some things with AKT Action. Uh, me and SBZ are cooking up some really, really crazy singles right now. So oh, wow. it's going to be a lot. Yeah. I, it, do you think that an album is going to be outdated or coming out with a record? Is it going to switch? Because everything's like we talked about. It's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. You do your own videos, your own video shoots. Do you think at some point that, that just the idea or the concept of an album is going to be outdated or will that something that's always kind of around? I hope it doesn't become outdated, but I think you're right. I think like the streaming world is making everything really dramatically different. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
thing. So I, I don't know. I was just having this debate with a lot of local artists too, like singles versus albums. And I don't know. I just feel like the, the world is so weird now that like you can't, like nothing, you, know, you can't really predict. No, and nothing's going to be like really super surprising after the kind of year. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that smells good. Sorry, I had to smell. It's a chocolate vanilla swirl. It's a limited edition white owl uh, chocolate vanilla swirl. So that looks delicious. Yeah, that's nice. It, I bet that is going to be. Yeah, you better. Yes, let us know how it tastes. Love you. Love you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> That's our daughter. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I told you we keep it real on this show. We've had Peepa on the show before. Yeah, he just turned eighty five, our Peepa. Uh family uh whole whole family's been on here just about, I yeah. guess. Tony's been on here, he's had an episode. Uh Nepotism at its finest, if you haven't seen that, check it out. Tony. <laughs> it's a good one. Um Hell yeah. What was I gonna say? As as happens often on this show, I get every episode. Uh, every episode, it's this, it's a theme. I think the fans would be upset if I didn't forget what I was talking about at least at some point yeah. during the during the podcast. Or my <laughs> guests, we've had guests. I, I I won't mention their name, but they had an edible before they came over here, and Bridget. was yeah, Bridget Martin, <laughs> Um was really uh, you know at the beginning and by the end it was like. <laughs> we were both like, "What? What? What?" That's a, yeah. That's pretty much how the podcast ended on that one. Um, I, I can't wait. We'll be coming out there. I don't know if you know this or not. I have another grandbaby on the way. Uh, so at some point in time, we'll be making our way out there to visit. Well, like I said, we'll all have to get together and um. We'll talk to you off camera Absolutely. about that. Yeah, we'll talk to you off camera we're about that. We're gonna make a surprise pop in. Yeah, we're gonna make a surprise oh, pop in at some point in time. That too, did I? <laughs> Well, it was a surprise. Uh, that's okay. It's just you and, and the thousand Facebook friends of ours will know us. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. We may or may not be there. We may or may not be there. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's all good. You know, things happen. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, you know, I'm still... I'm old school. I'm an older guy. I, I still, I've listened to and still listen to, I've never stopped listening to vinyl. I love records. Uh, I love collecting records. I love going to record Me stores. Um, so I get really excited when there's a newer artist out there and they release something on vinyl. I'm like, yes, because I'm afraid that that's going to die out at, at some point in time, you know, and it's, I think that's one of the harder things about getting older is the things you grew up with and become a, a, a accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty dog. Aww. Uh, starts to kind of fade away. Is there anything like malls or anything that's started fading away uh, uh, that you think you might miss or that you miss? Records. I think you're totally right about that. I'm going to miss records. Um, it's a different sound, right? It's just... It's, yeah, you can't beat that. And venues. I, I'm scared of that live venues are all going to fall. That scares me too. Um, I love going to see live shows. Speaking of Tech Nine, that concert, I've been dying to take my wife to one because it's probably the best one I've ever been to. Um, 
was that Snow the product? She she did a really good job out there in uh, Tucson. Boy, she yeah, she's a she's a trip. I'd listened to a few of her songs um, just because she was on the Strange Music song, so it led me to listen to a few of her songs. And Tony's like, "Well, I got some tickets," and we went, and she she really surprised me too with seeing somebody live because sometimes you can listen so they they may sound good on youtube or anywhere else but then you get to see them live and it's almost like a fighter like what we used to call gym rats they were really good in the gym but as soon as you put them in front of people with some popcorn and lots it's like they couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper bag it's like you ever had that trouble transitioning from you know doing it uh, on social media and things like that to getting up on stage do you, do you have stage fright or are you pretty comfortable with it It's funny because I get really nervous, but, like, people tell me that they can't tell. And, um, I, I, but I smoked myself retarded before I performed. Yeah. That's... So, I get real stoned, and maybe, like, one song in, then I'll be like, I'm good. Has it ever affected you? Your on stage performance in a negative way? Like, you know, sometimes we were just forget talking something. about Yeah, forget something. Do you forget lyrics or Uh shit. Let's um, if anything, it just makes me like stand there really awkward and I don't know how to move around. <laughs> I'm like, what do I do with my hands? Put your hands in the air. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> What is what is one of your more favorite songs to perform live? I love doing this song called Daddy's Little Girl because it makes people cry. Well, and it makes me cry. Now. It's a it's a emotional song. Yeah. What's it about? I wrote it a week after my dad died and uh. it's about um it's about that grieving process that I was going through. It's super sad. Mm. That's a, a grieving is definitely a tough process, and everybody has their own way of grieving. Did that writing that was it cathartic for you? Did it kind of help you through it, or most definitely, it helped a lot because I didn't know how I was going to get through that. I think writing that song and then psilocybin mushrooms really helped me grieve my father. Psilocybin mushrooms is another thing that's amazing. Yeah, it helped a lot uh, therapeutically. Yes. Um, because that was something that I don't. It's I don't know. It's have you lost a parent yet? Uh, yes, I have. About before years in June. You feel like a piece of your soul is gone every day. Yep. Yep. So absolutely. it's hard. Absolutely. You say you I lost your dad and you had to separate from your mom. Did you ever regain contact with her any? Oh, yeah. Me and my mom are are on good terms. Awesome. We just, like, she knows that we have to... Have boundaries? Have boundaries. That's a good word. Yep. Awesome. Boundaries. I, I, that's fair enough. Um, <clears throat> I think that's a, that's a better relationship than no relationship at all, you know, because you can still have those moments without having to worry about it either triggering you or her possibly back into that, you know, being together and stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love my mama. 
no matter what, awesome. too. She's crazy as hell, but I love her. We wouldn't be here without them, right? Exactly. Uh, uh, I know that's something that, uh, if you're listening out there, anybody, we've, we lost a lot of people this year, so... Um, friends, family, um, hug them up, tell them you love them, uh, check in on them, uh, spend time with them, because uh, you don't know. Um, you know, sometimes you wake up in the morning and uh, your wife's like showing you Facebook and you think it's going to be a meme and, you know, it's, it's another friend passing away or something. And, and it's yeah, one of those it's things. Awful. Yeah, it, it's. It's, it's hard because I know at this age I need to pull the lesson from it. Like, I, I don't, I know, I know there's, there's things to learn. I know there's things to learn about myself. I know I learned appreciation. I learned um, keeping in touch. Uh, those little things that you don't think about because it feels like you always have time, right? Exactly. Yeah, so if you, you have time. Exactly. Yeah, I'll always reach out. and. Life is too short. It is. It's just way too short. Definitely. Um, is there anything you're looking forward to? Uh, let's just say in six months, Corona's over. Uh, what do you envision? What What do you look forward to going back to what we might call normal? And do you even think this is possible or a pop dream? Um, six, six months sounds like a pipe dream. But let's say if, it, if that were to happen, I, I'm the first thing I'm doing is going on tour. Right. I need to book a fucking tour and I need to go do like 10 to 30 songs in a row or shows in a row. Yes. Yeah. Cause I, yeah. Cause we, I mean, I need to see you live now. Like I, I got to see some of the videos and some of the other stuff and I enjoyed those so much. I know I'm really going to enjoy the concert. So for people out there, uh, you really should give Big Mama Trauma uh, a, a listen. Uh, look her up on all of her social media. Uh, she's on Facebook under Trauma, T-R-A-H-M-A. Um, again, if they want to get in, yeah. if you want some of that merch, and trust me, you do. It's nice merch. Yeah, it is. Get in touch with this girl and tell her what you want, and, and she'll get you something out there. Um, just want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, uh, for sharing your story. Uh, that, that takes a lot of bravery uh, uh, to do it in private, let alone on a podcast like this. So we appreciate you, and we hope that you'll come back on uh, in this theoretical six months and tell us all these new shows you have coming up and new albums you have coming out and the documentary dropping. And So just any time you want to come yeah. back, yeah, you are welcome. Uh, anytime, just holler at me, and, and we'll get you right back on here. Where can we find her now? Yeah, where, where can we find you right now? Right now, and, and like you said, if you Google trauma, T-R-A-H-M-A, you will literally find a link to me anywhere you could ever want, <laughs> from YouTube to Spotify, Amazon, Twitter, Instagram, anything. All right, and well, it's been a it's been a pleasure. So thank you so much for having me, Papa. You're welcome. Yeah, Papa. Uh, you're yeah. welcome. Thank you. Hey, hang with us uh, for for after the show. We'll holler at you a little bit after the show. Um, but until then, thank you to everybody for listening again. Who has been listening? Who will listen? Uh, thank you for Big Mama Trauma being on the show. Thank you for my beautiful wife Jennifer for being my co-host again tonight. And we will catch you next time. Bye, guys. Peace.
Yeah. That show is a wrap.